0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires. Like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, so tire buying should be.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God,
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you live today from uh, high above Albertson Stadium. Or actually in Albertson Stadium, high above the field, the old famous Lyle Smith Blue Turf, Lyle Smith Field. Anyway, and it's great that we're in a kind of quasi-historic college football stadium because as much as usually this time of year we're talking about NFL the the landscape of college football changing and it's really interesting because uh, Brian Kelly obviously did a great job at Cincinnati got them to a BCS bowl game and in short order turned around Notre Dame Um, then he had a terrible year and since then they have skyrocketed up now if we're fair you know the last five to seven years he's benefited from the fact that one of the toughest games on his schedule USC has been they've been an abject disaster right um but they've taken on a very difficult schedule with these ACC games on the other hand now they've moved into acc kind of, they kind of play like an ACC schedule ACC has been down right they beat Clemson once last year lost to Clemson another time but you know playing Florida State is not what playing Florida State used to be but I, I think a blind man would say that Brian Kelly did a good job um, but he leaves, takes the LSU job. And I told you what I thought about it first out of the show, but a guy who would know a lot more and give you a lot, uh, a lot better feel for, Not just Notre Dame, but college football is a guy who covers college, covers pro. Of course, you hear him. We have a new morning show. It's been a couple months and it's outstanding. It's called Two Pros and a Cup with Joe. The two pros are LeVar Arrington, superstar at Penn State. And our next guest, Brady Quinn, superstar, first round draft pick at Notre Dame, of course, starting the NFL as well. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, When did you hear that this was happening?
5: I heard uh, this was happening. Let's see, probably about 24 hours ago, maybe a little bit before that. Uh, I hadn't gotten word that there was some interest in Brian Kelly. Now, th- this isn't uncommon. He's had interest from NFL teams. Uh, he's had interest from Southern Cal, who had poked around in the past. And you know, this happened to be the case where you know, really LSU became interested in because they've, they've missed out on what could have been with Lincoln Riley, and that became very public. And I I think they felt like they need to make sure whoever they went after next, they got a hit with. And they happened to find a head coach who I think was disgruntled with the relationship that he had with the athletic director at Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick, and that's how he got to this point. It's not about trying to go win a national championship somewhere else. I mean, hell, that team he's coaching this year – might find its way into the college football playoff and an opportunity to do so. They've been to the playoff in two of the last three years. He's went to the BCS national championship game before. So, you know, they've gotten there. They just haven't been able to put together the right formula to be able to win it. And might I add, not many teams have. I mean, essentially it's been Alabama almost every single year with the exception of Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU in what was, you know, kind of that – you know storybook ending to Joe Burrow's career there but outside of that you know they've been the other really consistent team in getting there kind of similar to Oklahoma or maybe Georgia they just haven't been able to get over the hump
1: uh, what was it with Swarbrick was it was it pay
5: no i don't think it was pay i just think it got to the point where there are some things that needed to be done at the university uh, sports performance facility that you know was something they they had done the indoor facility the sports performance facility was supposed to come along with that but look as you know Doug too the University of Notre Dame is different. They don't move quite as fast. The way they go about funding these projects works differently. That was a frustrating point. You know, I think there was some frustration in regards to continuing to build upon the pool for his assistants and, and probably getting him a little more compensation too. But you have to understand too, this is a head coach that you know has this sort of interest every single offseason. And so, are you really going to address this every single year in the offseason? Uh, that a team comes knocking on his door, potentially looking if he'd be interested. And that, unfortunately, has been the role of his agent. Uh, and that that's where I think part of this ha- has gotten this far, is you know an, an agent continually knocking on that door of an athletic director that's saying, like, we get it, but enough is enough at some point. And I think at some point, too, let's be real, Brian Kelly's 60 years old. And we can use the age-old analogy of, well, hey, Nick Saban's had the most success he's had in his 60s at Alabama. Why couldn't Brian Kelly do that at LSU? Well, why couldn't it? because he's going to have to go up against Nick Saban and Alabama. Uh, so that's kind of standing his way, at least at the moment. Uh, and that's only going to get more difficult there in the SEC once Oklahoma and Texas join. So, um, I, look, he's a good football coach. He did a good job. But as you pointed out, not only has the schedule kind of gotten easier as, you know, USC and even Stanford has just kind of fallen by the wayside, but even the matchups versus a down ACC – you know, Clemson wasn't the Clemson that you know they were last year when they beat him in the regular season. There was a backup quarterback, a little different. And even they're scheduling now max schools, and that's something that like I never experienced when I was there. Uh, that would have been something that would have bothered me you know back when I was playing playing against a group of five teams.
1: But yeah, I mean you guys played the, you guys played the service academies, right? We I mean, had service academies. You well, had.
5: Navy is a different story, which first off, I'll say this. like I think it's more difficult playing a service academy than a Mac school. I, I mean, agree. We're fair. Like, go, oh, no. go try go. preparing for a triple option in the middle of a season, and, and back then too, they were operating a little bit different. Navy's the only one we played consistently every single year, but outside of that, I mean, BYU's. I guess another match that you could throw in there, but it's not like BYU's not better than a max school. I mean, look look at how they're playing right now.
1: How much of it is, and and you know that I know this from going there, but only lasting a year. You you did the whole thing. How much of it is, you know? Look, there's just the reality. You're. It's hard to get guys, one, to get them in, but two, that want to go there because you're in northern Indiana, you're in Michiana. Um, which is far from where a lot of the players are. But also, like, you got to legit go to school. Like, it's yep. not, you're not hiding people. And there's no hiding people. Like, what degree can I take to hide? Like, they don't have one. And for freshman year is the hardest one because you got to do freshman studies, you got to do everything. So, h- yep. how much of it is the frustration over just the reality of Notre Dame? Facilities sometimes take a little bit longer because you got to do some with academics as well as athletics. And then the reality of getting guys and keeping guys in school.
5: I think there's a difficulty to that. No, no one's going to you know, not acknowledge that. But the thing I'd say is, like, here's the difference right now, I think you see at Notre Dame instead of Oklahoma, is there's like a mass exodus of decommitments right now to Oklahoma because those kids are going there to play football. Like, that's all they're about. I think the kids that go to Notre Dame are a little bit more unique in nature. And it's, it's interesting, actually, on, on Colin Coward's uh, podcast platform, Volume, Kyle Hamilton and some other players have a podcast, and they literally did an emergency podcast last night speaking about it. And so you don't have to take it just from me. Listen to their podcast. Um, You can find it on that platform. But they talked about the fact that, hey, we didn't go here to play for Brian Kelly. It's no disrespect to him, but we came here to go to Notre Dame. And that's how a lot of players feel. I assume that's how you felt when you went there. And so that's where it's a little bit different because the type of kid that's there uh, isn't going to give you the same issues as the type of kid that you might find who are going to LSU. So, look, we can use that as an excuse all we want, but guess what the recruiting class was last year for Notre Dame? They were number nine in the country guess what they're supposed to be this year, this 2022 class, number four. And they're projected to be number two in 2023. Now, could this be impacted by that or the next hire? Sure. But let's not act like recruiting was part of the issue because he had some of the most talented recruits coming in, and this freshman class in particular was one of the reasons why I think he would want to stay to see what kind of playoff run they could be on in the next couple of years.
1: Last thing, if I put you in charge, who do you hire?
5: Um, gosh, it's such a loaded question, but I think that natural, you know, naturally you're led to Luke Fickle and look, Luke recruited me back when he was at Ohio state and I was coming out of high school. So I have a prior relationship with him. He was probably one of the biggest reasons next to Jim Trestle that I looked at Ohio state. I mean, literally Luke and I had a lot of heart to hearts, a lot of long conversations. I felt like I kind of got to know a version of him, at least at that point in time in his life, um, knowing how he grew up, his roots, knowing the type of man he is, Um, He would be who I would want for those players moving forward um, just because I I know what type of man he is and I know how he's going to be able to impact those kids. Um, Look, I think Marcus Freeman, who's already there as defensive coordinator, has done a tremendous job. It may be a little bit much to cut your teeth at Notre Dame to start your head coaching career. And then Matt Campbell's the other guy that I think you throw into that mix. But those are the three names that you're going to hear. Those are the ones that are probably most realistic. But I think Fickle makes all the sense in the world.
1: Brady, are doing a great job with the morning show. Obviously, you're a busy guy. We'll let you go. We appreciate you spending your time and, and love the insight.
5: Thanks me, Doug. All
1: right, that's uh, Brady Quinn, who was kind enough to spend uh, 10 minutes with us because uh, this is, like, when it's your alma mater, it's different. Like, you can paint a, a legit story of, like, look, this is what it's really, really like. It's like, that, that's how it felt for me Saturday night. My, my alma mater, Oklahoma State, has been, you know, curb stomped by Oklahoma <laughs> forever. Forever. You know that that stadium sixty thousand seats and every OU fan you're never gonna fill that, you're never gonna fill that. And what they wouldn't do for the Oklahoma game was ever sell single game tickets. So they end up selling out this year. We're not doing single game tickets. We're selling out, and it was packed. And they beat them. Oklahoma State's never gonna have a defense. Had a defense, stopped OU. So I, like. To, to see what those players and coaches built two stars and three stars taken down mighty Oklahoma. And this was supposed to be the year for Oklahoma. And then the coach of Oklahoma leaves is like the greatest week ever. But again, the perspective of your school, trying to paint your story and your picture, Notre Dame is a different place. It's a great place. Unbelievable school. The people that you'll meet that are students there, you are like, that guy's going to be a success, but it's not always it's, a little bit of nerd school and Stanford, Cal, UCLA, like these schools, they're about, you have a fight between academics and athletics. LSU, there is no fight. USC, there is no fight. Oklahoma, there is no fight. But it, it all is also is interest in that Brian Kelly, like, you know, at some point you wear down your boss asking for raises all the time. And at some point though, you get worn down by like, hey, I thought we we're going to have a sports training s- center. Like, Everybody else has one. We're supposed to be one of the top five programs in the country. We don't have one. Why not? You know? And and when you talk about compensation, it's not always about head coach compensation. It's about assistant coaches. You keep losing guys. Hey, I got this guy. I got to pay my coordinators a million dollars. That's what everybody else is making. And what, what happens at a place that's as historically significant as Notre Dame is a lot of people are like, you know, we're Notre Dame. You should be honored to work here. I am, but I'm also just trying to make as much money as I can during whatever window of time I can make it, I may take another job. Check out the latest lines from world of sports, Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, must be in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wait to hear what Tiger Woods said he's thankful for. That's next.
0: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3
3: PM. Eastern noon Pacific. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TyRat.com/sports. Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be. From
0: BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
1: going on a
2: road trip.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more. And plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two door cinema club.
1: Colorado, Pennsylvania. I forgot all the states. Gotta be legal. Okay? Gambling problem call one eight hundred gambler. Let's get to the uh, l- l- let's get to this. Tiger Woods had a press conference for the first time since his car accident. Th- this is what he said when he was asked if he'd ever play again.
6: As far as playing at the tour level, I don't know when that's going to happen. Now I'll play around here and there. Um, I'm able to participate in the sport of golf. Now to what level, I do not know that.
1: Um, okay, so he wants to play some, but he doesn't know what level. He was asked if he thought he could come back and do it again. Here's his response:
6: My hands and feel started coming back, but then the aches and pains started coming. So. You know, back to nice bath again. So it would be one of those things where I don't have the endurance to stay out there for long periods of time. But the fact that I'm able to do it is exciting. There was a period in time where it didn't look like I was going to be able to do it again.
1: So obviously, he's encouraged that he can actually play golf. And here's his answer on walking without a limp.
6: I'm lucky to be alive, but also still have the limb. Those are two crucial things. You know, um, so I'm I'm very very grateful that. Uh, Someone upstairs was was taking care of me. That uh, I'm able to not only be here, but also to walk without a prosthesis.
1: Crazy, right? He almost lost his. Can you imagine if Tiger Woods had a prosthetic leg? Like think, think about like do we? Like I don't want to think even more gruesome. Like he, you know, obviously could have died from it. But can you imagine? It's like now on the tee, Tiger Woods, and like tag. And you know, the prosthetic limb would be sponsored. right? It's golf. Um, but can you imagine if Eldrick Tiger Woods? Like the biggest, really the biggest sports figure post Michael Jordan, is at the tee with a prosthetic leg. Like that's we were we were close to that. Yes, Jason Stewart.
2: What was it? uh, Casey Martin who had that controversy about uh, needing a golf cart and whatnot. Now, what if Tiger Woods wanted to play in a tournament and he's like, I need to use a golf cart.
1: I don't want to speak out of turn. Can you remind me of what? I know Casey Martin had some something genetic or that was going on. Do you remember what exactly it was?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It was definitely was a deterioration of the of the leg muscle. I I don't know what his exact. Uh, I'll
1: look it up. Ilo, do you know what it was off the top of your head? What do I look like? Google. Yes, actually, you kind of do. Well, like, well, like, I'm or go- you sound like Google. No. If if Google had a voice, it would be as a
7: You know, I'm glad. I'm glad you answered that way because it was actually a rhetorical question. Uh, actually, Jason uh, Jason ha- uh, had had a birth defect in his right leg, so that's uh, that was his situation. But by the way, he's cost? now the uh, head golf coach at uh, Oregon. By the way,
1: but what does it cause? What What is it? A birth defect causes him what?
7: All right, it's called Klappel-Trenue syndrome, a rare condition in which blood vessels and lymph vessels fail to form properly. So it causes uh, hypertrophy of the affected limb. Hypertrophy means the, the muscles don't grow, am I correct? Something like that? I know okay. that's what happened when I used to try and work out at the gym, so.
1: Right. Okay. Um, do I think there'd be a controversy? No. If Tiger Woods wants to drive his golf course, drive his golf cart through the golf course, you know, and you're supposed to drive what perpendicular to perpendicular to the, to the, to the cart path. He can drive parallel to the cart path. Nobody would care, but pretty crazy. He Almost lost a leg. Um, I felt like he didn't announce his retirement, but he basically said like, Hey, I'm only going to be showing up for big events that I have to show up for. That's what it felt like. But it did feel like he had some good perspective. It felt like he played golf again and that, you know, he's they're encouraged by his his comeback. But he's reasonable about it. Stugg Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Lincoln Riley was a guest of Colin Cowherd's on the herd today. He talked about how sudden it was the move to USC.
8: It was very sudden. I totally committed to our team as we made a championship and playoff run and uh made that very clear uh to anybody that was interested and yeah we we got to norman uh, late saturday night early sunday morning had a conversation that usc had some serious interest and slept for a couple hours woke up had, had a conversation with the, the usc people and you could you could feel their energy i mean you could feel the leadership from the very top is willing to do the things that maybe haven't been done here as of recent to get to get USC to where it needs to be.
1: This was Riley and Cowherd talking about OU's decision to go to the SEC. This is not a shot at
7: the SEC, but you didn't get a say on Oklahoma
1: going to the SEC. Is
7: there a, was there a little part of that ever that, was that in the decision at all that you're a Big 12 guy and a Big 12 coach and, oh, wait, wait, uh-uh, SEC? Uh, was that part of it?
8: Zero, zero percent. i the leadership at oU was was fantastic communicating with me throughout that process, um, asked feedback. Uh, certainly not saying I made the decision by any stretch, but I, I was able to give some feedback and be a part of those discussions. and And I think it's going to be a great move for OU. I yeah. do. and that that had no part of it. this This decision, really and truly, no matter what anybody thinks on the outside, was about this opportunity for so many different reasons, for my family. Uh, for the opportunity that we believed in as far as what USC could be and and what we could do to help USC. Um, and it was just the right challenge at the right time. So, like, no, it had nothing to do with it. I do think what we do is going to translate well out here and can't wait to get it implemented and started.
1: Here's how difficult the decision it was for him.
8: I honestly didn't think I would do it. I, re- I really didn't, um, and it was a tough decision. I mean, was, there is no no denying that. I mean, leaving not just the quality of program at Oklahoma, but the people there, the the relationships. I mean, that was seven years of my life.
1: Um, this is Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. We're listening to Lincoln Riley, who sat down with Colin Cowherd on his couch earlier today. Riley did get emotional in his press conference talking about leaving Oklahoma.
8: I'd be. Uh, I, I think it would not be fitting for me to recognize uh, the University of Oklahoma, uh, the impact that it had on me, the people there. Uh, this was, obviously, I told the team earlier, uh, toughest decision of my life uh, to come here. And, and it's, uh, those people there were tremendous to me. And uh, so, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for my time here. That's a, one of the best college football programs in the country and, and has been forever and will continue to be. So very thankful for my time here.
1: Um, here was Lincoln at his press conference talking about how, how quickly you can turn around a program these days.
8: In this day and age, I think it can happen quickly. I do. I, I think... There's a lot of good things going on in this program right now that we can absolutely build on. Uh, there, I think in this day and age with the way college football works, you can turn over rosters in so many different ways and we'll be very uh, um, very deliberate and, and creative and intentional about that. Uh, and with again the, uh, the combination of the staff we're going to bring in, the players we're going to bring in, the leadership that we have, the support we have, uh, again getting our former players, so involved with this program which is incredibly important to me. I just look at it like how, how can we not do it? You know how's it not going to work?
1: Hm. Jay Stu, you think it works?
2: I do. I love it. Um, it's it's the one program that I've been following and I I've been embarrassed by the last 5 years. Um, so I think we got the best guy out there. I think it's great.
1: I Man, I think they got a good young guy who's got great energy and and a good name, you know, to go and get to go and get dudes. Um, and I, I I, don't think they waited too long, right? Like, I think there's a good window. I think they're helped out. Look, you have to be helped out by other programs in your area, in your state, not being, not not killing it, right? And USC is almost always going to beat UCLA for guys. But can you beat UCLA, Stanford, and Cal, you know, and Oregon? And I, I think what it does is it shuts off some of the water with these kids leaving and going to the SEC. Not all of them. You'll lose some of them. But if you can make SC cool again, then, I mean, there's just so many so many players. Now, you have to pick the right ones. And, you know, you can't pick divisive ones. But I definitely think you can get some players and, and make it happen relatively, relatively quickly.
7: My
2: question for you is this. Um, you know that dual threat quarterback um, that he's had a lot of success with at Oklahoma? USC just hasn't had that kind of quarterback. Do you think they that he brings in those quarterbacks the next few years?
1: Well, they have – I mean, Jackson Dart's good, right? I oh, mean,
2: he's he's very talented. I just don't know if he has the skill set that um, that Lincoln Riley typically looks for.
1: Yeah. I mean, Baker wasn't a runner. That's Baker true. Wasn't, Baker wasn't a runner. Um, and the only reason they took J- – Jalen they took as a transfer. I mean, all three of them are transfers so he's been able to work with transfers. Jalen was one that didn't sit out with him, didn't know the system coming in for a year, and they just kind of turned him into a runner by the end of the year. So, yeah, I think they'll be, I, I think it's fine. I mean, you just got to pick the right guys, and, you know, part of it, part of the magic to it is picking the right guys um, at the that, that other people want to play with. Like, you can get the best player, but sometimes just dudes don't like them. That's a really, really hard one. Sometimes guys just don't like guys. And you get you got to know who you're getting and who they're connected to and who likes them and who doesn't like them. Like that's all kind of part of this deal, believe it or not. Yes, John Ramos.
9: So, the very first cut we played, which is Lincoln Riley, basically saying they gave me a call, <laughs> I slept on it, and the next day they sound energized, which they should because they were horrible. So. Why wouldn't they be energized, right? I mean, they're going to get Lincoln Riley, and he's like, "I'm in." He, I heard someone say he only had one year left on his contract. Is that correct? So he can get out of his. Does he have? Does Oklahoma get anything out of if he got out early? I don't know. That, that's always part I'm interested in. It's like, he just walk away from a program like Brian Kelly's. Like, see you guys later. Like, Was well, a buyout? Okay, so they buy him out. So USC buys out Lincoln Riley to Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly's buyout was five million dollars oh jeez what what's oh geez what well, well it's a lot
9: i mean to me that's a lot of money to buy out it's a
1: lot of money a coach it's a ton of money,
9: and then another question I have is so and I asked this to Jason so Brian Kelly's team is eleven and one he's done right like he's gone yes. so yes. he doesn't coach and eleven-one one team and they're done they're just like walk away you
1: no know somebody else to coach him no man. I know somebody else but I mean he. <laughs> The team's like eleven and one. Like aren't they, Well I don't, I don't think he wants to walk away. I think that's kinda of part of the deal. No,
9: I know. Like well, you don't want him to coach the team if he's leaving, but it just seems so like like they couldn't wait for like another month before no. they oh, okay. No
1: recruiting, dude. All right. You just can't. I mean like listen, right now it's it's December first tomorrow. Just so people understand in terms of uh sign it's not just the signing days, right? It's it's not just that. It's that you have a good number of players, okay, A good number of players who um, want to enroll early, so they'll they're going to be there like basically January first. They'll be on campus for spring football. You can't wait until the to the college football playoff is over. You, you're, you're done. You, you're you lost a year. Plus, all these kids are in the portal. They're all going to transfer it semester as well. What screws it up is not these schools and it's not the coaches, you know, it's, uh, it's the early signing period, which starts December 15th, it's December 15th till December 17th. So the college football playoff is, is not played before the, the signing period. Okay. Um, And then, you know, the mid-year JC transfer that's in December till January as well. The regular period's in February, but by then, you know, most guys are kind of gobbled up. Plus you have the portal. Like you can't, you you can't wait. You can't wait. Now could LSU, could could Notre Dame let him coach? Sure, but they don't want him to. Like, but you're going to make Brian Kelly out to be the bad guy. There's no question. Once he told me he was taking that job, they're like, bye bye Did this happen to me when I was at, at ESPN? I told them in July I was going on vacation. They kind of put it to me, like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I think I'm gonna take this job." They're like, "Okay, you're good here." I was like, "No, no, I'll come back. I'm, my contract's till September fifteenth. You know, I'll be a pro." And like, "Now nah, we're good." That's what people. That's what work does. Coward was the one guy who tried to come back, and yeah, it didn't end well. I can't remember what he said, but it was something innocuous about it, something baseball or whatever that I was like, "What?" But. It was one, if he was under contract, they would have had his back. They didn't, so they didn't. But that's, it's a, to answer your question, it's about recruiting that you have to have a guy. You have to have the next guy. Gotta have the next guy. Gotta have him ready to go. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Anything else, John? We're good?
9: No, no. That, that, it just seems very, I know life isn't great. Life isn't fair. Life sucks sometimes on how things go about. It's not, nothing's perfect. It just seems like a very, Malicious type of stuff to go on and to, to you know and and somebody may say to you or to me, well, it's the kids don't care. I mean, they're they're trying to go to NFL and they're but I don't know maybe they do like if, no they care they yeah, care about the, they
1: we, care about the head coach we play the, care about the school it dep- depends on depends on the place uh, by the way Lincoln Riley's buyout was four point five million dollars yeah. so so whoever unless o, if OU hires a sitting head coach they'll have to pay that buyout to pay the buyout with Lincoln Riley's buyout money right so it becomes becomes a wash. Hmm. Um, And they were going to have to give them a new contract. I don't think they wanted to go to the nines or tens per year. I think some schools are just like, look, like we're like five or six million dollars a year is good. Is good. It is interesting that LSU now has two of the winningest coaches at their previous program, (laughs) right? Women's basketball and now football that were basically disgruntled with their athletic directors. And so they left.
9: And it's interesting too because we heard t- um, Isaac talk about how they already asked Urban Meyer about you know another job, and it, it, it's it's not shocking why reporters well, he was an assistant there right, but it's not shocking why reporters ask these questions over and over again because these guys it, this is why this is why these questions are asked on a constant basis, and these guys are like ah how can you ask me that like no well we can because <laughs> two guys just jump bolt bolted in like one day.
1: Yes, and Brian Kelly answered that question last week and said, you know, something along the lines of a fairy godmother wants to pay me, uh, what was it, $250 million. Well, then I'll have to list them, but otherwise I'm not leaving. Well, it wasn't $250 million, but it was a uh, $100 million, and he got it. Everybody has their price. I mean, John, you wouldn't be working if not for the fact that we pay you a couple million dollars a year, right? <laughs> you should hear about my buyout, Doug. Yeah, uh, John's, John's buyout, <laughs> it's hefty. It's definitely, definitely hefty. I mean— Look, it's part of your, your level of success. And at some point, we'll all be able to achieve that.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRat.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tyrat.com to see their general tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's slash sports. rat.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4,
0: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club.
1: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time we get you up to in the stories today. We do so by getting to the press. The Press. Isaac Longhorn, what do you got?
7: Okay, this first item, Doug, comes from Pete Sampson. Mr. Sampson covers Notre Dame for the Athletic and reported the following, quote, multiple sources indicated that Brian Kelly's address to the team on Tuesday morning lasted less than two minutes. Right. Then he turned around and walked out. He did not take questions from the
1: players, unquote. Okay. Um. Yeah. The there was another report that it was 11 minutes. I don't like. What. What. What, what. What do you need to say? You, you want to take questions about it? I, I don't know. Two. Um. This was a lecture class. This was not a Q and A class. Class. <laughs> that was <laughs> good. Can you imagine getting up at seven in the morning? Though, be right, like, right, oh right. man, go down, listen, to coach. Right, right. I'm so tired of that guy. Right. Then he's like right. two minutes in, like. Did somebody break donuts? Let's go back to bed. Everybody's in their gray sweats. There's no question. Some dude's in those pajama pants.
7: The incident uh, also uh, captured by a tweet in the comments section from at Notre Dame Stan account who remarked, and I quote, only efficient two-minute offense he's run all season, unquote. Johnson is out. Next item, former NFL quarterback Robert Griffin the third announced today that he is writing a book called Surviving Washington, which he described as, again, I quote, an explosive tell all about the shocking mismanagement and toxic culture, unquote, within the Washington football team.
1: How's RGB looking? Uh I mean obviously this is this is playing dogpile, but the the problem with these autobiographies is like there's a lot of stuff Robert Griffin had going on. That are we gonna? Is that gonna be aired too? Like I don't know. It's not like the courtroom where once you get the full disclosures, you're disclosing everything. But it is interesting. Anything
7: I Hadn't thought about that component. Roger interesting. That. Hmm. Very okay. interesting. And and no offense, I'm sure it'll be a uh, delightful and uh, quick read, but. Washington football team, shocking mismanagement and toxic culture, not exactly
1: breaking Sounded news. Sound like breaking news, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we already knew that.
7: Yeah. All right, uh, Doug, a new Vanity Fair profile about filmmaker Adam McKay revealed that he is no longer on speaking terms. With longtime friend and colleague Will Ferrell due to McKay's upcoming HBO series about the 1980s Lakers based on Jeff Perlman's fantastic book Showtime. Their falling out was caused when McKay originally cast Ferrell in the role of the late Lakers owner, Dr. Jerry Buss. But then recast the role and instead gave it to actor John C. Riley because he felt he looked more like Dr. Jerry Buss okay.
1: physically and had more of the
7: Dr. Jerry Buss vibe.
1: Mm. Mm. So it's one thing to replace a guy, it's another thing to replace him with one of his closest friends in <laughs> acting. <laughs> That's right. No. Right? No, I know. Huh. Man. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one. Okay. You know,
7: I can't wait to see that that
1: show, You know though. he's married to
7: Jeremy Piven's sister? Who, McKay? Yeah. Who is the one that was married to uh the one that's in all his movies? Arr, rats. The, the 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 one who played uh, Paul Rudd's wife in This Is 40?
1: Yes. Okay.
7: Are we talking, talking about the my... same person?
1: No. Okay.
9: She's married to the director.
1: Okay, yes, right. But, but it's not but it's not McKay. McKay's the right No, writer, no it's, Oh, um... it's the other guy. Yeah. It's the funny guy.
7: It's the it's the funny Adam again. <laughs> <laughs> <It's the> funny, <laughs> <guy>. funny Adam. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jud- Judd Apatow. Yeah, that's it. Judd Apatow. Okay. yes. <laughs> the
7: funny guy. And this is why we're, we're a sports about, show. We're talking about
1: Leslie Mann, right? Yes. Leslie Mann. Very good. She's very funny. Oh, uh, jeez, Yeah. And hot.
7: Like <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Not necessarily in that order. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, uh, yes, this is why we are a sports show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, uh, here's actually a note that uh, just came down out of the NFL. The New York Giants signing quarterback Jake Fromm off the Buffalo Bills practice squad. (laughs) This is reported by Tom Pellicero.
8: That's pretty cool.
7: He can't play. You should feel right at home over there. I guess, yeah. All right, next item. Uh, It's interesting, Doug, to get your thoughts on this. Uh, We've been reporting throughout the day Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Their collective bargaining agreement expires tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. And once it expires, they will be officially in a lockout. Now, the two sides met in person today in... Irving, Texas, but the meeting lasted only 30 minutes, which was perceived as not a good sign at all, making it seem inevitable that a lockout is going to uh, go into effect tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, this is the least surprising thing. The interesting part is that the players aren't actually mad at the owners. They're mad at the Players Association for agreeing to the last deal. That's the truth of what they're mad about. There will be a lockout. It will be a lengthy one. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Yeah, are you uh, are you surprised that there's just not much more national discussion about the impending lockout in Major League Baseball? Because I I mean, it's a news story, but I I think the college football coaching carousel and even you know regular season NFL is a lot more compelling right now. Yeah,
1: agreed. Baseball just lacks the national compelling. Plus, it's the time of year. You know, let me know when they're going to miss games, and you know we've we've seen all this. We haven't had a lengthy lockout. In baseball or strike in baseball or football, in a long time. We had it obviously in basketball. Um, but I don't. I also think that it's it's hard for us as fans to care about it when we see these massive contracts getting done like a week before the lockout.
7: Okay, Mike Tomlin of uh, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, a uh, pretty rough game last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, asked today by the media about uh, receiver Chase Claypool's suggestion that uh, Claypool and the players have more say in the. Music that is played at practice. Listen to his response. Well,
2: you know, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. Um,
7: I'll
5: formulate the practice approach, and I think that division of labor is probably appropriate. Sweep the leg. Mm, mm, mm,
1: mm, 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 mm. um, okay, so this is interesting to me. Interesting. Really, really interesting. Um, he's like, I hear you. But no, <laughs> right? And everybody thinks like players coach means that you got to acquiesce to the players like no, Mike Thomas players coach is like, no.
7: Like no. Mike, I, I like the directness that uh, Mike Tallman. I mean, the, the epic example, as you know, Doug, was when he was asked about, ironically, the USC job uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he gave us a, a soundbite for the ages. Speaking of uh, USC, the coaching carousel, here's Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick earlier today on Notre Dame's uh, plans for an interim head coach.
5: We haven't made a decision on an interim yet, and frankly, I think we may approach it a little bit differently. This staff is so well-structured. Structured and the responsibilities are so well understood, I feel less of a need to have a designated interim. Um, but if we, if as the search progresses, if we feel a need to put somebody in that position, they would not be a candidate for the job.
7: By the way, I'd like to uh, request that uh, the writer that was typing in the background put themselves on mute for the next uh,
1: Zoom conference call, please. Excuse me. Uh, can you spell that word? Uh, <laughs> Jeez. I mean, come
8: on. I love being here.
1: Can you, can you spell that word for me? <laughs> Sorry, hold on. hold on. At least it's not a typewriter. Remember that? Oh yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh <Ding>. no. <laughs>
7: uh uh Ding. It, d- hey doug the is, kids don't even know what that is no i know uh, what the hell's a typewriter oh well they, they they have no appreciation whiteout nobody <laughs> okay. knows what whiteout is all they know is autocorrect these days I- i'm wondering yeah, like doug- whiteout you mean
1: for sniffing uh, no <laughs> fixing a paper yeah. jeez
7: i'm wondering doug by the way if coach holtz might be available briefly to weigh in on his interests.
1: <laughs> oh, you know dame job Oh, it's a great job on earth. I would love to tell. You. I mean, listen, University of Notre Dame is the greatest institution on the face of the earth. Yeah, Lou, know, Lujak, of course, played there, the four Horsemen, right? And you got Newt Rockney, you go over, you rub your finger on Newt Rockney, you go over to the grotto, you light a light, and you pray and you say, God, De- Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, help us win a football game tomorrow. I would I would go to the grotto. I would crawl to the grotto from wherever I'm listening, right, talking to you right now, and I would love to be the head coach of Notre Dame. I don't know if that's in the cards or not, but it would be the honor of, well, the second honor of my life because I was a coach there before.
0: Hey, get out there and press. That
1: was the press. Not sure. My, how was my Holtz today? Was that was good.
9: Yeah. <laughs> Some good stuff. Petros loved it. I love it.
1: Yes. Well, I, Does Petros do a Pete? That's just hard because he definitely so. has that unique voice. It's hard for him. My voice is very nasally, but you know, get to the point where you, 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 you go up and down. Oh, let me tell you about Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz is amazing. Uh, Lou Holtz. And you got Bob Davy, And remember all the great coaches that came before. They'll come after. I love Notre Dame because my daughter played tennis at Notre Dame. Most people don't know that. That's why I'm like a quasi alum. Oh, have a great day. It's Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio.